Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode here on The Daily Grind. Today we have an awesome interview lined up for you all. We are joined by the co-founder of BALA and SquareFeet.ai. Both businesses were born from the COVID pandemic. This is a super, super interesting podcast. So be sure as always you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back and really dive deep in today's interview with Sean. Sean has some awesome tools and methods he used in order to start and launch two very successful businesses in a short amount of time. Without further ado, please enjoy today's podcast. Do you ever feel like there's something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you, holding you back from achieving your goals? For me, this was my past. I kept using my past as a crutch to not move forward and an excuse. And it wasn't until I started to talk about it with a professional that things really changed and I transformed. And this is why I love this company, BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. And you can start communicating with them in under 24 hours. Now, this isn't a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online. The best part about this is, guys, is that you don't have to worry about driving in a location, sitting in an awkward waiting room, not knowing who you're talking to. Like, you get to pick your counselor. You get to do it from the comfort of your own home. So it's really comfortable and super discreet for you. And you can really open up. I find when I'm in the comfort of my own home, I open up in ways I never thought I would. And there's a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which is definitely not available for you in your local area. And this service is for clients worldwide. All you do is log into your account anytime, send a message to your counselor, and in a short matter of time, you get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions So again, you don't have to sit in the waiting room. You don't have to book a week out. You can do this whenever you're ready. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, and they make it super easy for you and free to change counselors if needed. So if you're not jiving with someone or they're not jiving with you, don't have to worry about this awkward thing. You can just find someone else. So you can spend the time early on to find that person who you really jive with, and that's super. I can tell you from experience, it really, really helps. It's more affordable. This is the best part. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling. And maybe if you don't have cash right now or you're not as flush as you need to be, financial aid is available. I can't tell you the importance of this, guys. This changed my life when I finally decided that I wasn't going to accept all this shit that I kept happening to me. I'm going to deal with my past. And when I dealt with my past, it helped me move forward and better help and I want you to start living a happier life today. I want you guys to visit betterhelp.com forward slash grind. Again, that's betterhelp com forward slash grind. And you can join over five hundred thousand people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Again, for daily grind listeners only, you can get ten percent off today your first month by going to betterhelp.com forward slash grind. Again, betterhelp.com forward slash grind. With the holiday season quickly approaching, as you're all stocking up, much like me, on stocking stuffers for friends and families and gifts for your kids and nieces and nephews and your loved ones, 
The thing is, is although Christmas time is a time for giving, it's also a time to give to yourself. Don't forget to treat yourself as well. Take a chance on that business idea or side hustle you've been wanting to get to that you have maybe part-time right now you're trying to take full-time or that idea you have that's just stuck in your head but you haven't done it yet. Today's show is sponsored by Teachable. So whether you have an offline business, you're looking to bring it online, you have a niche or a passion or you have a specialty you'd like to teach others, Teachable is here to help. This platform is amazing. Teachable is a platform that helps independent entrepreneurs, helps creators to build and sell fully customizable online courses and services. This is amazing. There are a ton of different platforms out there that allow you to make online courses, but Teachable makes it super simple. You can join over 100,000 instructors who have transformed their knowledge into a world-class online course and have earned more than $500 million to date. I'm super pumped about this because I'm actually beginning to launch my new online course, which I'm excited to share out with you, um, which is in the works. And I am going to be launching it with Teachable. I'm super, super pumped. Now to help you get started as a special offer for listening to The Daily Grind today, if you visit teachable.com forward slash grind, and you enter your email, you're gonna get a free masterclass. It's gonna walk you through the exact steps to take to create your own online school and start making money today. Again, that is teachable.com forward slash grind. Enter your email for a free masterclass to help you get your online school and online course started. Now, even better than that, at checkout, if you sign up, your first three months are going to be 50% off when you enter code GRIND. Again, that's teachable.com forward slash grind, and then enter code GRIND for 50% off your first three months on Teachable today. Now let's jump into today's interview with Sean. Well, Sean Tasse, welcome to The Daily Grind, my friend. How are you today? I'm very good. Yourself? I'm awesome. You know what? Most people don't ask me how I am. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as the host, you don't get any respect. Don't yeah. you realize that? Yeah, but it's important. You're the the core uh, the core player. If not, we wouldn't be here. That's it, man. But nice day. Can't complain. Uh, but let's let's move into you a little bit, Sean. I mean, for people kind of being first introduced to you today, um, who is Sean? Or I'll reword that question. If someone were to to talk about Sean, what would you want them to say? Um, so I'm a, uh, I grew up in Montreal, so I'm a Montrealer. Um, I, uh, I'm actually a, uh, a perfect mix between the French and the English. So my mom is, uh, English, uh, so, uh, uh English Canadian and my dad is French Canadian and that's why my name is Sean. So the English side and Tasse, which is the French side. Um, I grew up on the North shore of, uh, Montreal. Uh, I've got one older brother, um, and the, uh, the family is, uh, mainly, a family that does uh, medicine. So my okay. brother is a doctor. Uh, my uncles are all doctors uh, on my mother's side and on my dad's side. Um, and my dad is actually the only uh, black sheep. He's the uh, he's a pilot. So uh, who just <laughs> retired this year. Um, so I guess I was kind of uh, the black sheep in, uh, in my side as well of the family. I decided not to go into medicine. Um, I uh, my parents encouraged me a lot to go uh, to school. Um, so I went into engineering. And I got a civil engineering degree, and I uh, I've I've always had though the entrepreneur kind of uh, you know uh, 
like the, the, the seek for that to try to find like my way through entrepreneur. But um, I guess it was just at home. It was just go to school and go get the tools and then you'll figure out how to become a, an entrepreneur. It wasn't something that was necessarily, uh, necessarily promoted. What my parents really pushed on was, uh, was school. Um, so I went to do my engineering. And after that, I decided to do a law degree. Uh, by my, like it was my own interest. I said, oh, I'll, wow. I'll, go get, I'll go get a law degree as well. So I did my law degree while working as an engineer part-time. So I was working as a project manager uh, building uh, condos in, uh, in Montreal. I, uh, I really enjoyed that. Um, and I was doing that, uh, yeah, and I was going to school part-time at night. So it was uh, my day started at uh, 5 o'clock. You work site, the <laughs> superintendent bad. calls you, cement is not coming in, uh, whatever other problem there could be on a work site. And then I, at night I would go to school from 6 to 9 and go study, uh, study law. So I did that for three and a half years. And um, then this year, 2020, uh, wasn't expecting this year to be what it is, but uh, it's actually a really cool, uh, cool story. The COVID hit and uh, now I'm in, uh, I own two businesses. So uh, yeah, it's a big, a big change, but I guess my dad keeps telling me I'm exactly where I should be. So uh, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that true? So funny. I mean, you, uh, you decided to get your law degree. What was, I, I guess, what went into that decision for you? Cause that was kind of all based on, on yourself. What, what made you uh, interested in law? So um, law is the envelope that allows you to understand how society works. Um, so uh, for me, uh, the law degree was really to go and get his maximum knowledge that I could have uh, to understand how uh, business works, how uh, society works, how politics works, um, and it was really by by interest. Actually, when I uh, when I finished high school, I went in to do a urban planning uh, kind of course. Uh, it's a, called Technique in uh, in Quebec, so it's a three year program. And in there, I, I I learned a lot about law, and I I was doing it to go into engineering. So I was kind of hesitant at the end, doing Am I going into engineering? Am I going into law? Finally, I decided to go into engineering and I still kept coming back to the law. And I said, well, may as well go and do it part time and try to try to, you know, uh, get as much knowledge. And I think in in 2020 as well, uh, you know, uh, it's a very competitive market for jobs and stuff like that. I think to to have a, a, at least two two degrees or a, yeah. I didn't really feel the need to go do a master. Um, so I, I really thought, well, might as well go get, uh, you know, another another bachelor uh in uh, something that's very useful that's very practical you know the law is everywhere um so i i thought it would be a good investment of my time and energy interesting so 2020 rolled around you probably had a different plan than i, I mean everyone had a different plan uh <laughs> walk through kind of i mean now you own two businesses in 2020 yeah. walk through a little bit of how that happened like what 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 happened that made you want to start a business yeah so um my partners, I'm, I'm in business with uh, three other guys, um, so two brothers. Uh, their name is Jordan and Mark Owen and uh, Benoit Thibault. Um, so Jordan and Mark, the, uh, I met these guys uh, because I was building uh, condo towers for their father um, when I was a project manager. So okay. I would go in the office and the, the two guys were there and we have the same age. So I go in the meeting with the, the dad and then come out and just chat with the, the boys and uh, we started building a relationship like that they're very uh sportive guys so we went to do we went to run together uh, and stuff like that on the uh, on the weekends and uh, our girlfriends got along and all that so we started building a relationship over about two years and every time we would go for a coffee after the run it was always like oh you know we should start our own kind of kind of thing one day mm. you're good in construction we know real estate you know we could start something together 
But uh, Jordan, the younger brother, was going to uh, MIT to go do a master's in uh, real estate development. Okay. And I was doing my, my law degree, you know? So it was like at a certain time, there's a certain amount of time that you can have in the day. So we, we always told ourselves, well, let's do, go do your master's, Jordan. I'll go do my, uh, my law degree. And once that's done, uh, we'll, uh, we'll start something together. And what happened in 2020 is, is that um, the work sites shut down. Uh, in uh, at the mid March, so for three weeks, and I finished my law degree at the same time. Uh, so I was uh, I was at home, uh, literally doing absolutely nothing lots to do. Yeah, lots yeah, of time. Exactly, lots yeah. of time. And my uh, now that I, I got married this year, so back then it was my girlfriend, but my wife now uh, she uh, she's a doctor. Um, so she's a, she was a, she's a family doctor. So she was going and working like nonstop, like uh, every, every time that she could give, she would give it to, to help for the, the, the COVID situation. Um, so I was at home doing absolutely nothing. And I was, I started actually questioning myself, okay, I'm a 27 year old back then. Um, I have an engineering degree, experience in engineering and a law degree. I can't find a job and I'm at home and people are telling me, well, go get welfare, like the protection thing that, that was in place by the government, uh, you know, and just hold tight. And I was like, it doesn't make sense to me. So I started reading on COVID and trying to understand what's the environment that I am and what's going to happen because of this. And I actually started looking at the data, just the, the, the big data related to COVID. And I saw that about... We were about three weeks behind of Asia in the spread of the virus. And uh, I knew that the things that they were putting in place in Asia were going to be put in place in North America just because it's something that was worldwide. For sure. Um, and I quickly uh, saw that masks were going to be a, a big thing. Uh, in Asia, they were there before just because uh, of air pollution. Um, but in Montreal, because of the virus and because it was a, it's a, like a barrier of protection, it was going to be essential uh, for us. Um, so funny story, I think about this idea Friday night. Um, the next morning, I had actually a jog plan with Jordan um, because he was coming back from MIT because MIT shut down. So he had to come back home. Um, so go for a jog with Jordan, pitch him the idea. Hey, we should start a face mask company. Uh, what do you think? And he actually went to do a, a, a fellowship of about two weeks in Beijing in January. So he, he knew exactly like he was like, yeah, absolutely. I understand what you're saying. Gotcha. Masks are, are already huge in Asia. They're going to be here in, in North America in, uh, in not a long time. And uh, that's where it started. So in a week after that, we, uh, we actually set up, Mark helped us set up the, uh, the Shopify. So his brother, we were, Jordan and I were like, oh, let's put, let's start a retail shop, like, a, you know, on a street and large sale. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and Mark was like, guys, you're, you're like, this is not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to, uh, you know, set up a Shopify, do e-commerce and that's the future. So we set that up put some ads on, uh, on Facebook, find a, a manufacturer, local manufacturer initially. Then uh, we used Jordan's contacts from MIT to find our, uh, our manufacturer that uh, we use at the moment that uh, is in uh, South Korea. Uh, so this, uh, this person that Jordan knew from school, uh, his dad had a factory. So we, could, we established a really quick relationship with them, which is very unique because usually it takes a lot of time to establish these relationships. And uh, yeah, and then it's, it just exploded and uh, we, uh, we had a, a cash flow positive business in about two weeks. Wow. And uh, now we've got about 10 employees that work uh, with us. And uh, we, we've sold over 350,000 masks across Canada and in the United States, um, which, is, which is great. And uh, about four months in the process, 
um, the boys kind of uh, we kind of realized uh, that we yeah it's a it's it's good to have an e-commerce business and it's something that we're interested in, but what our real interest is is real estate and um, you know construction and development and all that so uh, we start to to think about a company that we could start in that field you know with our skill set yeah um, and uh, we started squarefeed.ai which is a uh, real estate tech company which speciali- specializes in uh, predicting uh, real estate prices very cool so uh, so yeah so that's what we're uh, we're working on at the moment i'm 50% of my time is still on bnle and the three other guys are uh, are on square feet full time and uh, yeah we're all in the same office and uh, we uh, we have a blast every day Wow, what would you attribute to the early success of the, of the face mask face mask business? Is was it like how early you got into it, or like what did you guys do differently? So you know, for startups, uh, there's key uh, things that have to be in play. Some say it's the team that has to be in play. Some say it's the funding. Some say it's the idea, and some say it's the timing. And in our case. Uh, Colin, it was timing. That's yeah. that was the key of the. Uh, you know, uh, there's many people that do face masks at the moment, but Ali was there. You know, on the we were incorporated on the fourth of April, two thousand twenty. It was nobody was thinking about masks back then, and it's really it's the timing that really allowed us to to propel ourselves and to be in the the minds of people now that face masks are everywhere. Well, they know Ali was there at the beginning. And we even have a brain, uh, a brand name that's uh, related to a slogan that was in uh, in Quebec that Sava Bien Ali, which was like it's all going to be okay. Okay, which people yeah. were putting everywhere cool. on their on their uh, like on their cars on their doors, and we just took the Bien Ali at the end. So people in Quebec really have a a, a feeling of uh, you know they 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 know where we come from, and I think that's that's the main key it was the it was the timing. Obviously, I guess the team, but you know. It's a business of retail. We didn't know anything about retail. We're mostly engineers, you know, and for us, it was operations. So we got the operations right. There's actually uh, competitors that we were uh, that that were there at the beginning that don't exist anymore because they kind of sold stuff and they weren't able to deliver the merchandise. So because of the operations. Um, So I think that was a big, a big key. So I would say timing and uh, the team was, uh, was crucial for BNN. What was that? What was the early stage marketing strategy? You said you put out some Facebook ads, like what what did what did those ads look like? So that's a great, uh, that's a great question, to be honest. So um, I didn't know anything about digital marketing before getting into, uh, to BNN. So it's once again, it's Mark, uh, Mark Owen, who uh, introduced us to, uh, to that. But uh, before even getting, I said the, that we set up some Facebook ads, but even before getting into the Facebook ads, what was really interesting is that at the beginning of the pandemic, um, newspapers were like nobody was advertising anymore. Well, the first thing that you take off when you're like in a crisis, you just take off the costs that, you know, are expensive and that are not necessarily bringing you back money right away. And people, I guess, took off their their ads and stuff like that in the newspapers. So we actually contacted all the great, like all the big newspapers across Canada, Globe and Mail, The Gazette, uh, La Presse and all that. And we got uh, ads in the newspapers when everybody else wasn't paying to get ads in the newspapers. So we were able to get there uh, at a very, very low cost, um, which allowed us to really get uh, great coverage uh, quickly at the beginning of the uh, of the creation of Biennale. And after that, we all, uh, obviously set up some uh, Facebook uh, campaigns. But 
you know, Facebook, it is what it is. It's, uh, it's uh, because of, it, of the nature of the product, which is a face mask. And I guess because of the elections as well that were, uh, you know, that were being, that were starting. And yeah. even today, like we have problems with our ads just because they get rejected and stuff like that. So it's a constant battle with Facebook. And obviously you can't call anybody and have a chat. It's, uh, it's already, it's always very difficult to reach out to them. Um, but yeah, so we initially was uh, new, uh, newspapers, and now we transferred to uh, to social media to do uh, most of our uh, most of our ads because now we can't afford the uh, the newspapers anymore because it's too expensive. <laughs> yeah, that's it, man. Well, it's timing, right? I mean, there's a lot of people. I mean, there's a lot of people listening who want to start a business or they're like in the early stage of starting a business. What would you say, based on your experience? What would you say to someone who who has that idea? or who's going in, who's about to go into market, what would you say are some important things for people to look at? I think the, uh, the, the key in anyway, in my, in my experience, I, I partnered up with, uh, with, uh, two guys, well, Jordan and, uh, and Mark Benoit is a, is a, is a great engineer, but he, he's not necessarily of the business background, but Jordan and Mark are, were, were were brought up talking business they were their dad is a is a businessman he's a he's a big developer here in montreal and these guys have a mind that is set to understand how to grow a business and how to build a business and it's just in the vocabulary in the way that they were brought up in the way that they think and when you go into business do not think that you can do anything yourself it's impossible you got to find the right partners and the right, uh, you know, to to uh, comp- like uh, complementarity, like to be able to one bring something to the table, the other one brings something else. And I was lucky enough to find these uh, these guys and then Benoit, which helped us with the operations and all that. But uh, finding good partners is probably, in my opinion, one of the reasons why we had the success that we had with the timing as well. And when you start into business, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't ask for any other partners than the ones I have. Um, so I think it's important to find the right, right guys, even if you have the great idea, you know, actually when I started, when I had the idea of, of the face mask, I was thinking of going and, and finding, uh, seamstresses and bringing like the fabric to the seamstresses and making them sew it up okay, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, go getting it and trying to do it like, you know, uh, really remotely. Yeah. Um, and Jordan and Mark were like, no, no, we got to find somebody that's going to produce them, mass produce them. Cause it's not, you're not going to have a business. You're going to have a mom and pop shop, you know? So, yeah. it's, which is okay. But I mean, it depends what you want at the end of the day. You know, if you want to, if you want to, to scale and, uh, you know, to, to, to grow your business, you got to have the right partners. Very interesting. So what does the future hold for you guys? Cause I know you're probably looking into that because I mean, the pandemic's still going on. People need masks and for honestly, the first foreseeable future yeah. uh, whether that be one two years they're there but when masks no longer are needed where, where do you guys see you transitioning this business if at all so that's uh once again you got some good questions it's a question that we uh that we actually answered uh relatively recently uh so it was one of my big worries because i i'm I, I'm the president of the of Biennale. The guys are behind me, and they're you know they're they're there. But I'm the one that's managing the you know the business, and I have to have the ideas of where we're going to go and all that. Um, and uh, I actually understood where we were going to go um, 
because my parents sometimes come and help us out to fill in, fill up some uh, some uh, orders at the at the shop, you know, f- do some fulfillment and all that. And uh, they uh, they have a house in Mexico, so they were going back to to Mexico and they were taking the plane and all that. And um, we start we uh, created this new product, which are glasses like protection glasses to wear um, to so you don't have to wear visors, and they're really uh, very popular for the uh, for the um, school teachers and the restaurants and all that. And my mom said, oh, I'm going to get you a pair of glasses for in the uh, in the plane. And I consider my parents relatively normal people. You know, I don't consider them like uh, freaks of cleaning and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And my mom that says to me, yeah, actually, your dad went to buy some at the uh, at the Rona, uh, you know, at the hardware store yesterday. He bought the big goggles. And I was like, what? He's going to wear that? Really going to wear that in the plane? And she says, well, no, we'll, we'll, we'll buy your glasses instead. And, you know, we'll uh, we'll wear those ones. And that's when I realized that transportation is no longer going to be the same thing because of COVID-19. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be, even when the pandemic is over, even when, uh, you know, we found the vaccine and all that, the fact of moving from one country to another uh, and, you know, and potentially transporting diseases and stuff like that, people are going to be much more cautious of the way that they travel and, uh, the security, you know, the hygiene and the security that they're gonna that they're gonna put in place when they're gonna travel. So my our opinion at Biennale is that uh, masks are gonna be still very present even after the pandemic and everything that's gonna be traveling. And what we're actually doing at the moment is we're we're no longer just a mask business; we're a mask and accessory business. Cool. And eventually, what we're going into is is uh, travel accessories. So Biennale is going to become a travel accessory uh, company. And Biennale in French means going well, but it means Biennale means going. So it's like you're going to be Biennale Montreal to Puerto Rico and you're going to be all suited up with your Biennale stuff. So your mask, your goggles, your fanny pack that you can put all your disinfectant and stuff like that. And it always in a very stylish way because uh, that's what we do at Biennale. We try to make, you know, protection cool. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's the vision that we have is that we're trans, trans uh, slowly transferring to, uh, travel accessories. Cause we believe that that's where the market is going to be for, uh, for face masks in the future. Very cool. It sounds to me like you guys are, are, um, focused on, on building the brand of BNLA as well. Yeah. Well, we, we questioned ourselves uh, a lot on that. We just, we, uh, we thought, okay, uh, was this a one shot deal? And, you know, we had uh, success and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's not worth continuing it. And, uh, we realize our opinion is that no, we think it's a, it's a, first of all, it's a fun business. We enjoyed m- managing the business, uh, growing it. And, uh, we think that there's huge potential still, uh, in this business, uh, which are face mask and protection to make it, something that's people enjoy more doing, you know, than just putting on a surgical mask and looking like you just got out of an operation when you walk in the street, you know? So no doubt. What's been your biggest, what's been the biggest eye opener for you or, um, something that surprised you since becoming an entrepreneur, whether, whether it was like transitioning into a leadership role or like something that popped up, you never thought would have been there. What are, what are one or two things that you kind of point at and are, were eye opening to you? Um, so one thing that, that, that I still, uh, I have a hard time, you know, wrapping my, my head around is, uh, sometimes I, I go give a hand to do the, uh, the fulfillment. So filling up the orders and I look at the names, you know, we've, we've, uh, we have over, uh, you know, 50,000, uh, orders that we fulfilled since the beginning of our, of our creation, you know, and 
I always find it very, very fascinating to see that there's so much people in the world. You know, when you think that, you know, when people think, oh, no, this is not a good idea. You know, nobody's going to buy this or, you know, it's not it's not worth uh, it's not worth building because, uh, you know, there's not going to be interest from anybody. People. Anyway, even myself, I don't realize how much people there is, you know, in the world. We've been selling face masks every day since the last seven months and it's it's still continuing you know and it's because there's an interest and because there's so many people in the world uh and the market you know are, is so big for 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 this product but it, even if your market is smaller i mean there's so much people in the world that you can go and try to to to, to reach to and to sell your product to so don't you know don't don't close your mind on thinking that it's not going to work just because your two friends that you asked didn't think it was a good idea yeah. you know it's it's there's a lot of people out there and another thing that uh, that i didn't uh, that i that was kind of an eye opener as well is the different aspects of an e-commerce business uh, you know i i didn't know anything about e-commerce before uh, you know i worked as a uh, as a salesman at uh, tommy hilfiger when i was young but that's pretty much it you know um so all this all the different aspects so customer service we had no idea that customer service was i have a f- full-time person that's doing customer service oh wow you know so yeah. just managing customer service huge aspect of the business that we uh, we hadn't uh, hadn't thought of and everything that's like digital digital marketing and the marketing you know, I've got two full-time people that are doing marketing, uh, which is a huge, you know, huge uh, job that we hadn't even thought of when we had initially thought. We thought, oh, you put a you slap a logo on it, your product's good, and then you you go with it. No, no, it's it's you got to entertain it, and you got to you know create good content and stuff like that. So sometimes when you you start in business, you don't realize, you know, you 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 see the the product, you see where you think you're going, but you don't realize all the different aspects that are around it that you have to to bring together um so uh so yeah so that's something that we uh, that i i learned and the good news is that there's always somebody out there that's done it before you so you can always find somebody that can help you out you know awesome how much how much of a focus do you do you put do you emphasize on that for yourself like learning from others or trying to focus on competitors or other businesses and what they did Oh, it's a huge, uh, I mean, uh, learning from others is, uh, you know, I, I have a, a very small skill set compared to what the world can offer. Um, my, I think the biggest, the biggest uh, advantage that an entrepreneur can have compared to the rest of, uh, you know, his competition is his network. You know, your network is everything. You got to, you got to take care of it. You got to call people. You got to, you know, uh, we have great tools, LinkedIn, Facebook, you know, when the, the, the birthday of the person pops up on Facebook, well, take the take the time to write to them and say how you're doing. You know, it gives you a reason to interact with a with a person that has another skill set than yours. You know, you got to you got to you got to entertain your network to be able to 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 reach out to them when you need them, you know, and uh, I think that's one of the key aspects of being an entrepreneur is is seeing the value in your network. A hundred percent. I think that that to me, even when I was starting as an entrepreneur, I didn't realize how much of an emphasis like being kind was like you, you walk down a street or you meet someone from high school you haven't seen in a while from university yeah. and just saying hi, shaking their hand, like taking yeah. time to ask how they are. Because a lot of times, like when you're starting something, the people that buy from you first are the people that know you. And if Absolutely. people think you're an ass, like <laughs> it's not good for you, right? Exactly. Yeah, that's funny. I think those are great. Yeah. Um, so with your uh, with your construction company, um, yeah. How, how long ago did you start that? 
So it's a, it's not, we don't do construction. We do, so it's real estate. So it's uh, what we've started uh, square feet in, uh, in June. Real estate, sorry. Um, yeah, uh, in June. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a tech company. So it's always, uh, it's, it's innovation. It's not something that's been done before. Cause you know, you try to go into a market that's, uh, that hasn't been necessarily uh, exploited by the big tech companies. Sure. So we're in a, we're in a very niche market, which is, uh, you know, re- residential real estate. Um, but yeah, it's a, um, it's a whole different game than, uh, you know, than an e-commerce business. Um, the fact is, is that you got to hire very specialized resources. So front end developers, back end developers, data scientists and stuff like that, which are expensive. So, you know, we're, we're lucky enough that we have the same team that was there for BNA that it's there for square feet. Um, so we're able to, uh, you know, people say, well, BNA, you, uh, you know, you uh, you use the pandemic to, uh, to you profited from the pandemic. I, I I don't see it at all that way. We're we're using the funds that we generated and the profit that we generated from BNLA to finance a, another business. Yeah. You know, and that's what a real entrepreneur is: is you 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 don't sit down on your success. You use your success to build another success. And you know, and that's what we're doing with uh, with Square Feet. Um, and it's a lot. It's a longer you know business. Uh, uh, you know, plan just because, uh, you know, it's, it, there's a lot of development putting into play, uh, to get the, uh, the program up and running and all that. So we're, uh, and we've pivoted already many times, you know, and, and, uh, and what we want to do exactly the core of the idea is, uh, is the same. Um, you know, it's really to, to optimize, uh, the residential real estate, uh, market to, to not make it as, as opaque as it is, you know, there's no reason why people, when they buy real estate, they don't have necessarily all the information and that, you know, you, it's, it's really difficult to understand necessarily what you're buying and all that, you know, when you compare to the stock market, you want to know what the, the, a company's worth. You can go see their fundamentals, you know, what 100%. the asking price is, the selling prices, real estate, it's kind of, everybody's got their, their cards hidden. And it's like, you, you try to pick and choose information to give them uh, to get the best deal. And we believe that with the, the good tools and the good analytics, um, we'll be able to make the, the real estate uh, market more efficient, uh, which is our, our main goal at, uh, at Square Feet. So we're, we're mostly uh, a data, you know, um, data analytics uh, company, uh, which, are, which is taking real estate data and really crunching it down to find the trends and stuff like that to be able to explain the prices that people are, uh, are buying uh, real estate. So it's very, uh, yeah, it's different. <laughs> so you said you're kind of like 50-50 involved in the companies. What, what role yeah. do you kind of play in Square Feet? So in Square Feet, I take care of, uh, of all the uh, operations. So by operations, I mean like all the financing. Uh, so I take care of that. All the, the pays, human resources, uh, that's what I, uh, I take care uh, of. All the like uh, taxes and stuff like that. Gotcha. But, uh, more the administrative stuff. Um, and also I, uh, you know, I'm on all the, like, uh, all, in all the meetings of strategy and, uh, you know, where we want to go with the company and all that. Um, but I'm not coding, you know, I, I, Benoit is coding all day, Mark as well. You know, these guys are, are sitting down in front of a black screen all day and, you know, working on the product. I, uh, you know, I, I spend my time on, on Biennale, uh, making sure that the, the team is going in the right direction and same thing for square feet. I try to keep the pieces together and orientate the, the team if they have questions and stuff like that. How would you say, you know, to someone um, getting into a partnership, like what are some ways in, in order to keep that partnership 
strong because like early on, I mean, you guys are friends, you go on runs together, you know, one yeah. another, um, sometimes in business, like, you know, I've even been through it. Things can go a little bit South and you, you start to fight a little bit. What, what are some things you guys do in order to, to kind of stay and, and, you know, continue that friendship as much as the business? Absolutely. So we, uh, we, uh, we have every week we have, uh, on Friday mornings, we have a, a team meeting. Um, and in that team meeting, we have, um, constructive and positive criticism so it's a uh, you know we believe that there's the right time to say things and uh, we take the the friday morning uh, we sit down and first thing on the the agenda is <clears throat> all right guys what's what's good what was good this week what do we have to work on and then everybody kind of says what they uh, what they have on the you know on their heart and they they just put it out there and it's it, it's it seems to be working because it, it's a set time and date and it's a it's a period in the week that you have to express yourself and to know to to say what's going on and if you don't agree with the certain things. Um, so that's one of the things that we've put into place that we find is working very well. And the other thing is we uh, we try with the pandemic, it's a little hard, but we try to do uh, activities, you know, uh, social activities together that we don't talk about work, that we yeah. just, you know, that we do stuff just because we enjoy being with one, one each other, you know. So uh, I think that's another very important thing. You know, I spend all my week with these guys, <clears throat> with these guys but on the weekend, we'll try to you know, go and do something that's not work related, just to, you know, just to keep the same interest unplug. that we had initially. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's important to unplug, right? Because it, it, yeah. it can get, you can go to dinner and all of a sudden you end up talking about business and, and yeah, it's important exactly. to, to talk about personal things because yeah. that helps in the long run too. So yeah. And involving our girlfriends in there as well is great because, for you know, sure. it's, it's, uh, you know, for them, when we start talking business, they bring us back to, okay, guys, we're not here for this. <laughs> let's, uh, you know, let's talk about politics. Let's talk about subjects, uh, you know, and, uh, and that's good, uh, you know, and we're lucky they all get along really well. So, but, uh, that's important to bring, uh, you know, your, your partners, your personal partners in there to be able to, uh, you know, to, to be part of that team, uh, just because it gives, it gives the whole, the whole partnership becomes even more real when it's, you know, your personal partner that's in there as well, uh, that knows your partners that, uh, you know, can, can give you insight on them, how they're feeling. And, you know, it's, it's good to, to, to have other, another, another side of you that's, uh, that's looking at your partnership as well. hundred percent. Um, Sean, if people wanted to learn more about you, want to learn more about Bien LA, um, where's the best place people can go? Uh, LinkedIn is the best, uh, best place. Um, so I'm, uh, very active, uh, on LinkedIn. I respond to my, uh, to my inboxes. Um, and if anybody has any question whatsoever related to e-commerce related to starting their business, uh, related to if they want to shoot ideas, um, uh, relate to square feet, anything we, where I'd be very happy to, uh, to talk with them and, um, yeah, and we've, I've got a great network. So if they, if I can put somebody, uh, you know, together, uh, that's, that's, I, I get a high out of that putting the right people, uh, in play. It's always fun to see, you know, so amazing. Well, Sean, it's amazing what you did over the past year, two businesses and you're doing good things and, offering your time away to the audience. Anyone who's listening, it's very rare that you get a chance to speak to someone who's in it, has their hands in it, who is working, who's an actual entrepreneur. Sean, uh, can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your schedule, jumping on the podcast and sharing your wisdom with the audience today. Oh, thanks a lot. I really, uh, really appreciate it. And uh, success to you and all uh, your projects uh, as well. 
And there you have it for today's interview, everyone. If you enjoyed today's interview and today's podcast, all I ask is that you share this out with a friend. Thank you so much for listening and subscribing. We will be back next week. Yes, next week with another interview. Until then, keep grinding, everyone.